Hello everyone and welcome to the formula of film and video the games. Formula of games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are going I mean games are like video or games are like films now. Yeah, I mean the game that we're, we're getting more and more like it. Yeah, the game that we're going to talk about is pretty similar to a film. Just the It's better than a lot of films actually. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I would definitely agree with that. But so we'll Oh, go what we're going to be talking about today is Last of Us 2, a very controversial game, I think, even though I think a lot of people loved it. But um, I there was a lot of hate, I think, in the beginning for this game that was, in my opinion, very undeserved. And I think it's a phenomenal game. But we're specifically going to be talking about the use of parallel narratives in a game because this one uses it in in my opinion a very perfect way yeah definitely and um if you haven't played less of us 2 and you want to play it probably don't listen to this because there's going to be a lot definitely. of spoilers yeah, i mean it's pretty hard to t- i think it's hard to talk about that game without spoiling it you know so if you wanted to if you want to play it please go play it and then listen yeah exactly um and also, don't watch any videos on YouTube about it. Totally. I, I, the smallest video, like I, I held out while I was playing this game, I held out from watching any videos, and I'm glad I did because I watched like a two-minute review, <laughs> and the whole game was spoiled in the two-minute review. So like, it, you would think like a tiny video like that wouldn't be spoiling anything but it does like any little thing in this game can spoil it so yeah warning spoilers on this one Mm -hmm. totally so how are we gonna so how are we gonna start this so i guess we'll start by talking about what the two narratives are so or what a parallel narrative is so Mm -hmm. it's it's when um two like main characters stories are going on at the same exact time right or is it just multiple multiple narratives yeah multiple narratives everything's going they 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 connect but they're going on at the same time right yes so um and and this story has a big section where this happens it has actually a few sections where they do this um, and mm-hmm. the two main characters here uh, are Abby and Ellie. Um, Ellie is from the first Last of Us. Uh, she is one of the main characters in that game, uh, alongside Joel. And then Abby is assumed to be the antagonist, but is actually another protagonist um, in this game. Yeah, correct. And their and- their worlds are intertwining throughout this well i mean they kind of go one narrative at a time basically right and one really cool thing that um they do and this is just at the start of the game is uh they they start off with this parallel narrative between like a pretty short section of the game uh in the beginning when you're in jackson they have you uh first play as ellie and then they have you play think they have you play as joel at one point too yeah um yep yeah you ride on the horse 
and stuff and um with, yeah. with joel's brother right and then at the same time you so so in the beginning there's actually three parallel narratives going on there's joel and his brother and then there's ellie um she's on her own uh little patrol mission and then there's abby who you know nothing about and she's just kind of in jackson overlooking everything you don't know who she is why she's there uh it makes you feel like she is a like just another survivor in the area almost just passing through um but you don't know her true purpose to yeah. being in the or area or just like people who are trying to find a place to like live right yeah it, like they are i i do remember her looking over the city and being like holy crap this is a big city sort of mm-hmm. thing and so it does make you feel like these people have been just wandering for for years or something like that and have finally found a city that they can settle in. Um, but that is not what they are doing at all. Um, and it's it's pretty cool how they uh, unfold everything to you. I think they, they do a really good job of, of this, um, of introducing you to the characters without telling you too much about them. Um, in the beginning uh obviously you know a lot about joel and ellie already from the first game uh but they also show how their relationship has progressed from the first game um and in the narrative of abby uh you it ends in the beginning her first little narrative ends with her killing joel which he which was an extremely powerful scene but like i said before you still don't know who she is and um she actually meets up with joel and tommy and i i think that this is a really uh cool way that they kind of have her um end up killing joel she meets up with uh Joel and Tommy and she's like trying to run from infected and they save her and yet she still ends up killing him in a little bit afterwards which makes her look like the worst person ever yeah not only did, does she kill him with a uh with a, a golf club but she was literally just saved by them yeah um and and she still feels it necessary to kill them. And the other cool thing that they did in this beginning part is they make you think that her intention was just because either he had stole something from them. They're not really sure. Or, um, or that she, uh, was part of the fireflies and she's just angry that Joel had, um, taken Ellie and and not save the world with her blood mm-hmm. but nothing else that's that's what you're assumed to believe um and i i think they do a really good job of covering up what the actual reason for her killing joel is yeah yeah they do, do they did a really good job of like creating emotion for you to feel because you've built a relationship if you played last of us one you built a relationship with joel and with ellie so they just did a good job of making you fucking like in those moments really despise abby 
And I feel like that was definitely intentional. And just like in uh, the girlfriend reviews video, they have Dave Chappelle <laughs> come in and go, I'll never forgive you for this, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Which was great. <laughs> and that's really how you feel. Like, you're just like, oh, my God, I want to go. You you, you want to go fucking murder her. So they're making, oh, they yeah. do, they just do a good job of, like, evoking the emotion that Ellie would have felt, you know, like, in that moment. You're like, you feel like her because she's wanting to get, like you're like i want to get revenge so she's gonna want to get way more revenge than me because that's like her fucking dad you know so yeah they, they did yeah, a really good job with that i think the reason why it does so well too is because of the parallel narrative um because it's building emotion for you in these three different characters at the same time so it's building the emotion with you and joel building the emotion of you feeling what Ellie feels in her relationship with Joel. So you, you see both sides by looking at both of their narratives. And then you also see the side of Abby in this beginning part. Um, and, and also like you're experiencing what you feel is the villain in this relationship kind of, uh, going in and killing Joel. So you just you just feel those emotions more by actually experiencing the different yeah, narratives. By them, that yeah, by them making you walk in every character's shoes. You know, like, it right. really adds that. And they just did a really good job because they made the... They really made the world start to feel normal. You know, so, like, right. you're seeing, even though they're still the zombies and stuff and you're like killing them they've made it f- seem like well this is this is just you know our job now we get like it's whatever we go we know how to deal with them and um they're just like kind of living a normal life like when joel is trotting on the horse like it's a f- like just a beautiful environment that they're showing you you know like everything is gorgeous and like the town is really quaint and nice and like it's these just like they show you like the normal problems of being a person now just like you're like with ellie i like finding like herself and identifying with herself and figuring who out who she is is what's going on and then they're building up, so you're like, well, it's a normal, beautiful life, you know? And then they build into that shit, and you're like, oh, fuck. You right. Know? Um, yeah, so so you need to see these two sides. So if you think about it, or these multiple sides, because if you think about it, let's say you had just started as Abby, and that was it. And it led you up to just killing Joel. I mean, you knew Joel from the first game they could have done it that way um it it would have still been semi-powerful like she was still saved by tommy and um joel so it it does feel like a deception in that way but it wouldn't have been as heavy hitting yeah um it, it it just like you said you got to see this whole setting the setting was really powerful here too um and it made you feel like you were in like this um, almost like a little utopia type of area um, or not like a utopia, but more of just like a, uh, like you said, like a tranquil spot. And, 
and Abby coming in and doing this is a disruption of the tranquility of this area of this little bubble world that they've that they have built up and um, have have managed all the infected and all that. So it, it's it strikes you even more powerfully because Abby is is disrupting what seems to be a, a beautiful world. Yeah. And for what you have, no, you don't know the reasons for yet, you know, so you're just like, well, this fucking woman just comes and kills one of our favorite characters in gaming history. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, the, yeah. the, and like you said, it's a disruption. Um, but as it unfolds, I guess we'll talk more about, so Joel is now dead and now Ellie has decided that she she needs to get revenge. Um, and she doesn't really need to. And you can kind of no. feel that. Like, you can kind of, f- they, you can kind of feel that. Like, this, like, kind of, there's, like, people, who, her friends are, like, they support her, you know. They're, like, we're going to go with you. We're going to do this with you because, you know, we... First of all, they probably just didn't want her to go alone <laughs> because they cared about her, but uh, they're just her friends and they want to help her. But um, as it builds, and you, but you want to get revenge, so you feel this similar to her. Um, right. So then you it builds up as now she's going out, and it's just a story of her revenge and finding Abby and building up into that. Right, and not only finding Abby, but finding all of the different people people that were involved. Were involved because what we didn't mention before is Abby wasn't there alone. She was there with uh, several of her own uh, people or friends, Um, and and uh, Ellie identified each of them. Like it sunk into her brain because she saw had such a traumatic experience that she recognized every person that she saw in the room. Yeah. Um, so she wanted to exact revenge on all of those. Obviously, Abby the most because she's the one who actually did the act. But she associated all though them as um, participants to the crime. Um, so she wanted to enact revenge on them. So she goes, she figures out that they're in Seattle. So she goes out to, to go exact the revenge, like Steve had mentioned, um, with her friend Dina. And they, another cool thing about this parallel narrative is they have you encounter each of these people that she saw that were around Joel when he died or trying to kill Joel. Um, And she ends up killing uh, pretty much every single one with it. I think the exception of maybe one, two or something like that. Um, But you encounter everyone and they, the, the narrative is so powerful that you feel like it is a good thing that you are killing every single one of these people. And also these, these, these people are part of a group called the wolves and um, they actually seem evil because you're kind of, you're going into this area and they're just shooting on sight. Like they, they see you and they're just immediately attacking you, making you feel like you're, 
that like they're an actual enemy and then you go through and you kill every single one and you feel like everything is justified and you feel like it's all good and i i think that's why this this the way that they presented the story with this parallel narrative is extremely powerful because it really makes you feel like what you did was a good thing yeah yeah they do i mean i think they they just don't spoil like what's what's to come you know right because it does like it is ultra violent and it starts to build up and like there are some people that you kill that you're like damn dude that did that person fucking dirty like there's a moment where there's like that one girl who's just fucking like listening on her headphones at one point Mm. (laughs) and just fucking like destroy her for no really no reason other than i mean obviously self-preservation but well she does try to attack yeah her but it's it's really like but it's still it's still like brutal you know like it's one of those brutal moments um but yeah they still do a good job of like the way that people are reacting like you said are making you feel justified in ways you know like even though you're you're finding things and seeing things that would suggest otherwise it's hard to um like i think it's easy well while you're playing that moment it's easy to overlook those things that they're trying to point to every once in a while that's like hey this shit is wild what you're doing um i definitely think they tried to do like they tried to do that but they tried to be a little bit like more of an undertone so you wouldn't really see it as much until you start playing into abby's part portion so when you're playing ellie's portion you're seeing it and there are moments where it's like you can hear things or you can like see things or you can even read things that might be suggesting otherwise you know like that that what you're doing is not really the way what is the right thing to do you know um yeah but it's so subtle that it you kind of overlook it and you don't care that much about it until it starts to progress crazily and then you start to realize like this is fucked up man (laughs) this is fucked up um yeah well the they make the um encounters i i feel like every encounter that you have with one of these people that it makes you feel like they're like classic villains in movies yeah because they're not she she like questions them and is like where's abby um she uh, almost does like a uh, like a um uh, a batman voice where's abby sort of thing and she's like asking asking them and they're not like forthcoming with the information even though it seems like they would be because abby did such a terrible thing it seems like they would just be like okay i'm going to tell you where abby is but they're little do you know they're protecting their friend but they it doesn't seem that way the way that they color it is that they're they're trying to that they're all kind of wrapped up in this evil deed and they're they're just pretty much saying fuck you i don't yeah. like you sort of thing that it, it doesn't feel like they're trying to protect abby it feels like they're saying fuck you mm-hmm. that's that's what it feels like when they're talking to ellie um and there's a reason they they come off like that and and you find out later on but um i i think that that's another reason why you think that everything's justified because they're just 
they seem like assholes <laughs> that you're killing. Um, and um, when did they? Because I played it a, a while ago, but when did they? Um, when does Joel and Ellie go back to the like museum and they play that portion? Is that while you're Ellie in the beginning? In her first so, go through, that is while you are Ellie, because um, that moment is like so fucking powerful, and like I think that like adds to like a, this feeling of like love for Joel, and it will add to this more like, you know, so wanting to fucking destroy all of these people because it's like really this like father daughter beautiful moment. You know, it's, like, very well done, like, cinematically and everything. Like, amazingly done. And it's paralleled to other games, to the last game that they did. And um, it parallels other things as well um, with Abby, which is really good, too. They do it at a very key moment, um, which I think is really well done. It's right when Abby, or at least this is what I'm remembering, it's right when Abby meets up with Ellie shoots uh, Tommy and also shoots um, Jesse mm-hmm. in the face. And then she's like, uh, we let you go and you threw it away sort of thing. She says that line. And then is when it cuts to the scene with Ellie and Joel on her birthday, going to the museum. Mm. So, and then after that is when it starts the Abby storyline. I think I could be wrong about that. It might it might be Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's that's what it is. Is is um it, it's the Ellie um Joel moment and that's really powerful and then it cuts to Abby and you're like I, I think this is where a lot of people got really upset is when you see that really powerful moment with her and Joel and now you're playing as Abby and you're like, this fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she like killed wake up as this Abby. guy yeah. <laughs> who did this amazing, amazing thing. And now I have to play as her? This yeah. fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. So Cause I, they I, I mean I they've think... really made that moment so beautiful because it's like, hey, it's her birthday and he takes her to the museum and she want like, she loves like astronauts and stuff. So they get into like the little space shuttle and she puts the helmet on and like, dude, and he, she's listening to the fucking sound and stuff. And it's just like, wow, man, what a fucking amazing, like movies can't even do it that good. Like it was so fucking no. good. Like I was like, I was like crying in tears when that was happening. Cause it's just like, holy shit, man. That's just like such a human and beautiful moment. And that's just what, and now, and I think if, I mean, I don't remember exactly where it was, but it makes you believe, like feel really like pissed off at Abby because you're like, well, you fucking took that moment away. You took that life away that was giving someone this beautiful moment, you know? Yeah. These, it was definitely before Abby's, uh, storyline. Um, and 
but I, I'm not sure if it was like at the moment that I said or like a day earlier because they were doing a lot of flashbacks yeah. at the end of every Ellie day. Um, they do they do the same with um, with Abby. They do flashbacks of Abby the end of every Abby day mm-hmm. as well. And I really like the um, the flashbacks of the con- the couple flashbacks of Ellie going back to the place and mm-hmm. like trying to find something. And, like, not finding things and then finally, like, finding things, you know. Um, and I really like how they did that. Yeah. Because she's I, I... she's questioning everything, you know. Like, she's just questioning herself and life and wondering if she could have saved the world, you know. And she doesn't know. She's questioning that over and over again. So I love that she keeps going back there. Like she goes back there like three times because she, and it it really shows you that, I don't know. It puts this like emotion of Ellie just kind of being lost a little bit and not knowing, not knowing herself and not like knowing her place in the world and wondering what the fuck everything's all about. Well, yeah. If coming from her perspective in the last game, she was told throughout that her purpose was to save the world because of her blood. Like, she was told that for a long time after she had gotten bit. And like she says in the game, Joel, you took that away from me. Like, that was that was my thing. That was what I was supposed to live for, and you took it away from me. Um, and so you understand that that's, that's why she keeps going back there. Like you said, she's trying to find herself because she feels she has no purpose anymore because um, it, it was taken away from her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she feels like Joel is selfish for it. But I, I'm remembering back now the, the museum scene was actually before the flashback of her going uh, to the hospital because um, I think what it was trying to do is make you – uh, feel more for the relationship between her and Joel and being like, Ellie, why are you being such an asshole to this guy? He saved your life and he's almost like, he's like a father to you now. Yeah. And done all this stuff for you. And yet you're still, you're, you're yelling at him for, um, saving your life. So yeah, I think, um, I think they did a really good job with the flashbacks. That's that's for sure. Yeah. And that they that there's another point of dual narrative there. It's not the exact same time, but they do go back to the exact same location. So um, Abby also has flashbacks to that that um, hospital as well, mm-hmm. and, and actually to the moment that Joel is killing everybody. Yeah. Um, there's there's they keep flashing back to that moment because that's when she finds her dad dead which is i I guess we might as well reveal it um abby the whole reason why abby is angry at joel is because he was one of the people that um was killed and he was the main doctor who was who was going to um extract the blood and use it for a vaccine um, to actually cure this disease and um or this infection or whatever it is it's like so I, I don't even know what it is <laughs> i forget what this uh 
infection is. It's something to do with uh, mushrooms, isn't it? It's, it's like fungus, I think. Yeah, it's some wacky freaking thing. But yeah, he was going to develop some sort of vaccine or cure for it. And um, uh, he he gets killed by Joel. And uh, at, she runs in. They, uh, a reoccurring flashback they show is Abby going in, going in and seeing her father get killed. Um, and if that's not enough to sway you over for um, rooting for Abby, they also show her and her engagements with her friends who Ellie also kills. Um, so they, they show her that her relationship with her ex-boyfriend, uh, Owen, and then um, her friend, but not so friend anymore, Mel, uh, who is Owen's new girlfriend, who is having a baby and is one of the people that Ellie kills. Um, that was and, fucked up. Yeah, and and then uh, I think there's there's an there's another girl. I forget what her name is. It might be Noel or something. Um, Nora is her name. And then there's another guy. Um, um, but he's. Or there's there's Manny as well, but it shows in her narrative all of the different action interactions she has with each of these people um, up to their deaths, and uh, one of the craziest ones was Manny. So um, what one of the moments and one of the really cool things I think that they did with the dual narrative is when you're playing as Ellie. Um, you and Jesse hear something, I think, on a radio that says, uh, there's a sniper or something like that. And um, and Jesse and Ellie look to each other and they're like, that must be that must be Tommy. We should go over there. It's got to be Tommy. And it is Tommy. <laughs> you find that. But you don't find that out in um, in Ellie's storyline. You find it out in Abby's storyline because as she's approaching the the penultimate moment where she finds her um uh finds owen dead and uh mel dead uh she gets she encounters um tommy who's shooting both at her and manny manny meets up with her he he met up with her in the beginning of of abby's story and now you're meeting up with him again and you're going to fight Tommy. And as you get into the door to fight Tommy, Manny just gets shot right in the face and is dead. Um, which is a pretty chilling end to him because they, they build up his character as well. Yeah, they definitely um, do. But they just do a really good job at redeeming everything that Abby has done with her revenge. Now, is she a good person for what she did? No. And in fact, this story, I, I think one of the powerful things about this story in general is that it shows that revenge is bad in both situations. Abby and Ellie have suffered tremendously because of them going and, and, um, and trying to claim revenge. 
but I don't know what you feel about it or if you want to talk more about Abby's storyline. But um, well, with Abby's storyline, and then there, there's there's more to Abby's storyline with the she parallels actually Joel in the first game, where oh, yeah, you true. have Joel who's like this like hopeless sack dude who's just, sad sack of a dude who's just like, well, this is life now. There's really nothing else to do but to fucking steal and do what I got to do to survive. There's like nothing. He didn't give a fuck about anything. You know, he lost his daughter in the beginning and he's just like, I have nothing to fucking live for. So I'm just going to do what I got to do. Um, and then he meets Ellie and he realizes that life is there's something that he is worth living for him now. Um, and the same thing happens to Abby where she meets uh, Lev, um, who is from another tribe of people who are fucking wildly crazy, like a, almost like a religious cult of people yeah. who, who've decided to follow this like crazy religious uh, woman and her ideals of what the world should be like and everything. And uh, now Abby finds this other person that makes life worth it for her because now she's in this like I feel like when she got revenge on Joel she realized that it didn't help anything right like now she has even become more hopeless in life because she's realizing that it didn't do anything because killing the man who killed her father doesn't bring her father back like it doesn't right. do anything. She was now I she it almost seemed like she was worse off and like hating herself even more and her life was just getting worse and worse and worse. And then Lev comes along and she's like holy shit. There's still beauty in this world, you know. There's still something worth fighting for. There's still right. I want I actually want to progress my life. There's something to work toward. There's good there's good people in this world, you know, where she was starting to believe maybe I'm part of the bad people in this world. I think like, I think she started to believe that she's part of the problem of why the world isn't getting better because she's a piece of shit, you know, like, and I mean, similar to Joel, but Joel also, uh, is very, was a very selfish character and decided not to save the world. And save what he loved. Um, But I think they did a good job of paralleling her with Joel. To make her... I didn't even think about that. A similar character to Joel and realizing like... Because what really is going... Killing people in the end, what's what's that going to do for you? It's actually loving someone that's going to, to do good for you like loving and caring about somebody and that's what happened to joel and that's what happened to abby and i think they just did a really good job of of showing that in this build-up of her character because yeah she killed joel and it that's terrible is she a good person like you know what are we going to say to that because was her could you consider her act justifiable I guess you could, and especially in this crazy world, you know, that they're living in. Right. Um, but is she a good person? I can't really say. I mean, is was Joel a good person? We loved him, but I don't know if Joel was really a good person. You know, if you, if you look at him, 
he did everything for himself. That yeah. he didn't do. I mean, even when he saved Ellie, he saved Ellie because he wanted to be. He wanted her to be alive so he could, like, be in her a company, be a father to yeah. her, raise her. He did everything for himself, and I think, I think, that's where Abby actually is a little bit different on her line. Is that everything she starts to do in the end is for Lev. Yeah. All for Lev. Even though you could argue that Joel was doing what he did for Ellie, I think the whole outcome of Last of Us was... It was a fucking lie because he lies to her straight face. That's the end of the game is him lying to her. Yeah, it is him being <laughs> like, selfish. So it's, that's it, just, it's totally him being selfish. It yeah. shows how selfish Joel is. And not that I'm not saying that he's not human and you shouldn't like him. I'm just saying that that just shows that I, they did that on purpose. They ended it on a lie on purpose. Like, that's, you know. <laughs> I, I think in a way, it not only is telling you that revenge is bad in this game, but I think it also is telling you that selfishness is bad. Um, because Ellie also is very selfish, too. Mm-hmm. Because um, after this whole dual narratives happen and they come back together, there's this moment where uh, she's living with Dina and Dina uh, is her girlfriend and um, she has a baby, right? Uh, she had a baby with um, Jesse. But Jesse's dead, and she's in love with Ellie anyways. So they, they're living on this farm together, and they have this kid. It seems like a very beautiful life. But um, Ellie had escaped from from Abby, and... Th- well, actually, Abby is... let her go. Oh, wait, no. Because yeah, Lev. Yeah, Ab- Straight up, yeah, Ab- because of Lev. So, like, and that just shows, that really shows... Abby's change. Right. Because Abby had every opportunity to, to kill her, to kill Ellie. And she, and then Lev walked in and was like, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't. That's true. And then and, she, and... I think that was the moment that showed where she cared about Lev and what Lev was going to see and what they were going to feel, you know? Yeah. If he if if uh Lev sees Ellie dying and Abby's the one to do it, Abby realized that she can't do that. Right. Because the and, world that she's that, trying to give Lev is better than that, you know. That's why I ended up liking Abby more as a character than Ellie. Um just because Ellie did the opposite. She threw everything away for to claim revenge because Dina, a person who um, she loved, told her no. Don't she go. She's like, I won't be when here you when come you come back, back. I won't be here. And Ellie said, I need to do this. I'm going to do this anyway. But like you said, Abby felt stronger for Lev, who was a person that she she is sort of like parenting at this point. Um, but they hadn't known each other for very long, and she still 
like you said, gives everything for another person. She becomes selfless instead of selfish. And I think that just makes her more powerful of a person. Like you said, is she is she a good person? I don't think anybody in this game could be considered like a good person. Yeah. I, but they are very real and very relatable. Yeah, I think it's people. they're just human, you know? And with right. in, in in arguing for Ellie, like they did a really good job of showing that she just had like PTSD. Like she had like she kept getting visions of of Joel, Joel's beaten face and like um just what she's losing out on and all of this stuff, you know, she couldn't get that out of her head. Like she, and then like there's the moment where she has, she has the baby in her arms and she goes through like a PTSD spell, you know? And I think that, and that, that was like a humanizing moment of maybe she needs to fucking, uh, go through with this or she's going to hurt somebody else, you know? Like maybe she's going to accidentally, not intentionally, but accidentally hurt her baby or something, you know? So like they, they do a good job of that. Yes. What she does is selfish. She didn't have to leave. She could have sought out other type of treatment, you know, instead of saying, I just need to kill Abby and that's the only way I'm going to get over this. Um, I mean, and then she also has Tommy who's saying, I can't do this. So you should go do this. You know, Um, Tommy like stopped stops in is like hey you're gonna go out there we know we think she's out here go go get her (laughs) you know and he was like i can't do it because i'm fucking crippled basically now i can't i won't be able to go um but they also do a good job of showing you why ellie felt the way that she did though because they don't and this is why the storytelling this is one of the reasons why the storytelling is fucking very good because they don't reveal this emotional part of ellie and this these things that really are in the back of her mind like they don't reveal them to you until based like the very end of the game which is she hated joel like she was done with joel because he like we like kevin had said earlier Joel basically had taken away what she thought that she was meant for, that everyone was telling her that she was, they, her blood was going to be used to save the world. And now that she found out that Joel stopped everything from happening and fucking murdered everybody for her to stop a cure for everybody, she was now hate in hatred of Joel. She didn't want to have anything to do with him. And Joel was like, now they go back and they did even more where Joel was very sad. And he was another sad because now Ellie, the person that he selfishly saved, despises him. Right. Um, but then they show this moment in the end where she realizes that this hatred that she has for Joel is like wrong. Like she does this, like this, she, there's nothing that she can do to change anything that's happened. Everything is done. And she's now come to terms with that. She's now starting to realize that all the time that she lost 
being mad at Joel. You know, she that's I and mean, I think that's what that moment was is her looking at that and going all of the time that I fucking was pissed off at Joel and I didn't spend time with him is gone. Yeah. I didn't and now and then there's a real and that like it was literally like the day before Abby fucking kills Joel that she realizes this. <laughs> so it's like so powerful in her mind, you know. And I think that that was like amazingly done. The way that right. they, yeah. sh- the way that they showed that, because it, it is, I mean, it's, and then that's why it's so powerful in her head that she has to get revenge because now she was going to reverse this like hatred of Joel and now spend more time with him, you know, and, right. and get to know him better because he loves her and he, he is, he wanted her to be herself. He loved her for who, who she was. And she was in this moment where she believed that nobody loved her for who she was. She was in this like confusing time of her life. Right. And Joel was like, Hey man, I don't give a fuck about any of that, of any shit of all of that. I love you for who you are, you know, and that, and that's where it becomes really powerful. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, I agree. Um, I think that she also probably feels bad that she, she, had just come to that realization, just like you said, and hadn't felt like she fully repaired the relationship just yet. She probably felt that she um, had been so shitty to him that um, she she was ready to be good to him and and repair that relationship that she felt like she had totally destroyed. And now Abby took that away. Abby killed him, and now she could not redeem herself in a way Mm -hmm. um and the other big thing for her revenge is that she wanted purpose again yeah so um killing joel felt like her only purpose at that time um but i think in the end she realizes that it's it's just not worth it you mean killing abby killing abby yeah because she lets abby go why do you think she lets abby go in the end well i think it's i think it's it is the full realization of so there's just this questioning of what's it all about why are we in this position of like where we're in like what the who are we as human beings? And I think it's the realization of this, like, I think it's this realization that you're never going to answer that question. Like, no matter what you do, no matter, like, you can have your revenge, but you're never going to answer the questions around you you're always going to be this like i don't know you're like she's like a broken soul and she can't answer she can't get the answers that she wants and i think it's the realization that you can never get those answers you just can't the only way that you can the only way that you can uh move forward is just by living and moving forward and when you when and i think she realized realizes that 
Like she has all of this anger and this hatred. And is it really toward Abby? I don't, I think, yeah, she's mad that Joel is gone, but I think her anger and her hatred and all of that is just a part of her. And it's learning how to deal with that part of yourself and understand that part of yourself. And that when you go and you do kill somebody or take revenge on somebody, that's not going to take that out of you. Just like we, just like we saw with Abby in killing Joel, she became worse off after that. Her life got worse. I think that's what she also realized um, is that she saw what she was doing as becoming Abby, right? Because Abby had lost so much and she was able to see that in Abby there. And I think she also realized that um, Abby now had what she had strived for all her life, a purpose. And Abby's purpose was to help Lev um, and, and be a parent to Lev and I think she realized that. And she realized that's what Joel was doing as well. And I think that that realization came at the end. She has a flashback um, and sees Joel. And I think she, like you said, there's a parallel between Abby and um, Joel. And I think that's what she, she realizes. Ellie ultimately realizes in Abby is, holy shit. Her and Lev's relationship, Abby and Lev's relationship, is just like Joel and I's relationship. And I can't kill that. Yeah, and that's just, it's the realization that that's really all you can have. Like like we were saying before, the only thing that's important is to care care for and love other people. Right. And move forward with those with with those people, because if you're like like I said, Ellie had just like she's just full of rage and hate, and she doesn't know what to do with that. And it's that understanding that uh, the only way to do to get rid of that is to move forward in love. And she's pushing all of the love out of her life, right? Just to get revenge for time that she lost with somebody. Yeah. That you're never going to get back regardless of what you do, you know? And it's that understanding that this is, it's like you're basically doing it for nothing and you're doing it. And I think there's also a parallel of Ellie and, and Joel, like we were saying about being selfish. Right. There's that parallel that Ellie's doing all of this because of selfish reasons. She's pushing all of these people that she loves away all of the things that are really important in life. She's pushing them away to, to do something of her own that she wants to do, do something that's going to, that she thinks is going to make herself feel better. Yeah. Well, and not only that, um, she'll be becoming the thing that she hated about Joel to begin with. Yeah. The fact that he had been selfish. Mm-hmm. So, and that was, things she absolutely hated about him um, because he made this decision for her and uh, it wasn't his decision really to make at the time. So, so yeah, I think it's a really complex reason why she didn't end up killing Abby in the end. 
Um, and it's a lot of different things. And I think that's just how good the storytelling, like you said, in this particular um, game was. Like, it was just that phenomenal. They had such close ties with different characters. Um, and you could see a bunch of different characters in each other. Like, even Lev, you could probably see young Ellie in Lev. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's just so crazy, the, the different... Um, uh, symbolism in each each other that they had um, yeah no that's a good point because it's really showing that all of these all of the people and all of the characters are very different but what brings them together is this love of certain things and this like like you said there's young there you there is a lot of young ellie in lev that you can see there's a parallel of that because lev is like seeing this like beauty and simple things at times and stuff like that like ellie was seeing as she was walking like in last of us they did in the first one they did a really good job of like her seeing all these atrocities and starting to like her like hopefulness is like diminishing as they move forward she's becoming like less and less hopeful of anything beautiful happening in the world but then there's the moment where they see the animals and the giraffe and all of that. And it's like, all of a sudden, she's like, holy shit, this is, the world is fucking beautiful. And I want to save right. the world, you know? So, and, and I think that's in Lev as well. Like, there's like little beautiful moments that they, that they show. And it's like all of these little things that bring everyone, that these are the things that bring everyone together. You can be so different. You know, and think you're so different from somebody, but there's these things that bring us all in. Everyone finds certain little beautiful things about the world and stuff, and it's those things that we need to find a commonality and a common ground to stand up for and say, hey, listen, this is the beauty of the world, and this is the shit that we need to uh, sustain and keep alive and keep going. No matter how ugly the world gets, this this is the stuff that's that we need to keep and hold on to. Yeah. And, and bringing it back to the uh, parallel narratives, I think you made a point here. That's interesting. These, these characters are very different, right? But they're very much the same at the same time. There's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities and that's what this parallel narrative did as well. They show you two very different stories that are happening at the same time and then they bring them back together at, at a point of unity. And then they bring it out again and bring it back together at a point of unity that shows, uh, like, like I mentioned in this final moment where they're brought back together again, it really shows um, how much these characters are the same. And it does it in a moment where they all come back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, using this parallel narrative made this extremely powerful. The fact that it goes out and in, because it shows you the differences when they're separated and it shows you the, the similarities when they come back together. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed their way of storytelling in this. Yeah, no, I think narratively, like it is top tier, like top end. And they, there's a lot of room to just, talk and question 
because they don't like they don't 100 specify any meaning of anything you know it's just they give you these images and these things and you can interpret them you know and i think that that's just that's top tier art right there when you are allowing people to just sit down and interpret and have a conversation and not i mean you're not we don't know 100 what they were going for we're just giving no. an interpretation of I mean, we could, I could play this game again and have a completely different interpretation, you know, and go through and be like, well, maybe this meant this and this means this, you know? And then, I mean, and then the, the very end is her putting down Joel's guitar and leaving it. Right. And that really shows that she's realizing that, you know, she needs to move forward. Right. Move on. She needs to move and live her life now, you know, and, um, but all of that is still up for interpretation because she just puts down his guitar and leaves the house, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I just like that they don't, they're not sitting there and telling you how to feel about anything. You know, it's just like, hey, this is it. This is the story that we're telling you and do what you want with it, you know. Um, and to me, that's yeah. just great storytelling because I don't want to be, yeah. I don't want to be fed something, you know, like in, I don't, it, Things don't need to have like a neat little bow on the end, you know. Things. No, I think I, things should. This that's a human way. Like you're not going to sit down and explain. Like if Ellie was like, "Well, this is why I'm putting the guitar down," you'd be like, "Well, that doesn't fucking make any well, sense," you know. It's like, it's like the end of Harry Potter, like the most yeah. unnecessary ending of all fucking time, is letting us know what harry potter's doing in his 30s it's like no i don't give a fuck what he's doing in his 30s like no i don't now you're just explaining to me that there's never going to be voldemort again i don't give a shit like that's not what i'm here for i'm here to you know try to interpret and try to like have questions and try to keep the that like thought alive you know and keep flowing like if you don't do something like that even if you don't, your intentions are to never touch Harry Potter again or whatever, never go back to that world, at least there's like a thought that, hey, you never know, you know, there could be something. And that, and I think Naughty Dog understands, like, you just, you end it and you don't tie a bow on it. You do something artistic that's up for interpretation and you walk away. And you might yeah, get the middle no. finger by some people because they're like, "What well, did? What was this all about?" You know, and and I can I can get that, but when you question what it's all about, that means that you should probably try to interpret it. Like when you yeah. if if you ever leave a movie theater or if you ever leave a video game or ever read a book or anything, and you're questioning what it's all about, maybe you should start to think and piece together other parts of something and look at yeah. it all of the the things and try to make it uh makes a little bit more it might not ever makes any full sense but try to that's that's why a lot of artists do that because they want you yeah. to try to always be grabbing at pieces of it because once you once you tell someone how to feel then you're just like i'm done with that yeah it's not open-ended it, it's not it's not as interesting it doesn't make you think and yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, 
Ellie's ending was very nice, putting down that. Um, you don't know where she goes. I'm glad it didn't show her going back to Jackson or anything like that and meeting up with her friends again. You don't know what she's going to do. Um, and, and it does make you think, um, and it does also make you think of why she put down the guitar, why she didn't take it with her. Um, it, it makes you feel like you know, but you don't really know. And the other really nice thing I like about this ending um, is that it doesn't show you what happens to Abby or Lev. Um, they do have a really kind of uh, cool thing where they show the, the title screen changes and it shows uh, the boat um, that they were in, that Abby and Lev were in, uh, at what seems to be like the new Firefly headquarters or whatever. But you're not entirely sure. It's all left up to interpretation, and I'm glad they didn't they didn't show um, them go there because it made me look up immediately after the after I finished the game. I'm like, what does this mean? I don't understand, um, and I I, I kind of wanted to learn more about it, and I wasn't able to. So I I really love when stories make you uh, make you think like that and make you try to really come to your own conclusions try to read other people's analyses on them um, and, and figure out what the heck's going on. And they do a really good job in this story doing that, but phenomenal story. Uh, and I'm guessing everybody who listened to this played this game, so I'm not going to say play the game, but it's just one of my favorite games I've played in a very, very long time. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Well, definitely one of the best story-driven games I've played in a long time. Yeah. I mean, we so, could talk about um, the rest of the game, but that would be another three hours probably. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the story was extremely in-depth, extremely, like, analytical. Not analytical, but it allows you to analyze. Um, it's extremely open-ended up to interpretation i should mm -hmm. say and um yeah we could go on and on and on about it because there's so many scenes that are open-ended that make you think um we didn't even talk about some of the characters uh and they have pretty pivotal moments there's also the relationship between the scars and the wolves yep um and and that was really interesting and um came down to a moment where they were fighting each other, which I thought was extremely oh, yeah, powerful. That was wild. Extremely powerful. And that whole relationship between those two, uh, I'm going to call them tribes, um, was, was really, really powerful. And if you, you can really think about that, like why, why is there a war going on when there's infected around? Like, what is the point? So yeah. you can, you can think about all of those things, um, but that's what makes this world so interesting. And the last thing I'll say about Last of Us is um, is I really, really like how they make the, uh, the bad guys the humans. The humans yeah. are like the pro are, are the antagonists in this. Um, and not even Abby or, or Ellie if, if you think either of them are the antagonists. To me, the antagonists are just like humanity in general. <laughs> the flaws of humanity. No, I is would totally the agree with that. 
Um, and, and it especially shows with these, with these people that you don't really understand that they show at the end who capture Abby. Like you don't know really anything about these people. All you know is that they're probably pieces of shit, but you never even know. Maybe they have a reason, but, um, it just shows you the flaws of humanity are the problem. Yeah. And I mean, those people uh, are like cannibals or something. I, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure they were cannibals and they were like. Yeah, I don't. I didn't understand those people, um, but but there's, it's a fucked up world. Like, I you don't really need to understand them, right? And what I was gonna finish by saying is, I liked that they focused on humanity as the antagonist instead of the common thing with most zombie stories: the zombies are the bad guys, or the ones who made the zombies are the bad guys. Like, I like that they deviated from that. Because this made the story feel so much yeah. more real because they did that. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, Walking Dead is not like the stories are similar, but Walking Dead does that too, where like the bad guys are the, are other people, like for the most part, the zo- the zombies are just like there, you know, the other yeah. people are really the fucked up, like what you have to do to what people think you have to do to survive and like all of that is what becomes fucked up. I, I haven't seen walking dead, but from what I've like heard about it, there's like clear villains and I don't like the fact that there's clear villains at oh, all. Oh no, there's totally really, clear villains. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I really, I really like that. This doesn't have clear villains. It's more ambiguous. It just, it's extremely ambiguous. Uh, you could you could think that the scars are a cult and they're bad and whatever, and I, I'd agree with you. But uh, still, don't know a ton about them. You don't know about a ton about them, and knowing that Lev and his sister—I forget her name—were um, a part of that tribe and still fully believe in the practices of that um, of of that faction, it it makes you think. Well, they're probably not that bad then. Like, they might have some fucked up ideas, but all these factions have fucked up ideas. The wolves had fucked up ideas. They all had fucked up ideas. So, um, yeah, it was. I, but I think it, all of that was, it could lead into a whole other conversation. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. There's so much. But, like, that's why. Well, just one more thing. I'm not going to really talk about the game, but that's why this game is really good. And I think it I think when it initially came out and people didn't like it, they did like a huge disservice to what they like all the work that they put into the narrative of this game and like all the ideas that are actually there and a lot of parallels that are going on to this day like a lot of issues in the world right now in humanity you could point into this gate you could see in this game in the way that yeah. people think and stuff like that which is really good it can like you may think the world is way different from how we're living but you can see a lot of similarities it's, so yeah I agree. And that's like I said, that's a whole other conversation that you could do. We could do a whole other episode on that. Yeah. So real quick, I guess we'll uh, talk about the other points in film or media in general that uh, that have also used parallel narratives. And I think the first one we wanted to mention, I guess these are the honorable mentions, um, is Pulp Fiction. Um, Pulp Fiction uses the uh, 
multi-narrative um, storyline pretty well, but it uses it extremely differently. And I don't know if you, you'd agree with that, but... Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's not... Like, they have parallel narratives, but it's in, like... I don't know. It, it is... It, Pulp Fiction is hard to explain because it is, like... It's one of those movies where there's... Honestly, in my opinion, it's a movie that there's really no point. Like, there, yeah, there, there really there's is. no point. Like, not that it's a bad movie because I love the movie. I think it's amazing. I'm just saying it's, like, one of those movies where there's not really a point to the film. It's just, like, things are happening and they're narratively intertwining with each other and they're told in different... Uh, they're told out of sequence and everything and it just ends in this culmination of weird, wild shit happening, which is Tarantino, just what he does in general. Um, I mean, and you can, obviously, you can analyze Pulp Fiction. There's a lot to analyze, but it's like Seinfeld. In the end, I don't think there's really any point. Like, yeah. It's, it's just shit's happening. Um, and, and that's fine. That's a good, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a what makes that movie awesome um yeah i think that um the thing i like uh, uh that it does with the multi-narrative thing and i i think this is what multi-narratives do in any story is it allows you to call back on things that were referenced in other pieces and i i think that um he does that a bit in in pulp fiction like with the um with the uh what's it the the briefcase like you have no idea what's with the briefcase and then they use it later on throughout and they sprinkle it throughout and they go backwards and they go forwards and all all over the place so you when you do a multi-narrative story just like in last of us uh there's a lot of points where you can call back to different things that may have been happening at the same time or had or or callbacks to different items uh, that you couldn't do in a regular telling of a story, which is just one narrative. Um, and I, I feel like that's one thing that Pulp Fiction does that's similar to Last of Us. Just like I had mentioned before with the with the sniper in Last of Us, how they had mentioned him and then he showed up. That's very similar to how the, the briefcase was used in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. It was shown and then called back. Yeah, I would say like... The difference between Pulp Fiction and Last of Us is Pulp Fiction is just like a, a bunch of narratives happening and intertwining. And there's like not, like I said before, there's not really much of a point. There's like not much of a rhyme or reason. It's just like shit's happening. And these people's are kind of just like passing each other, you know, and like winding up in the same areas and vicinities of each other while wild shit is unfolding where last of us is more of a i guess like if you if you've ever read watchmen hmm. like you read and you see the pages there's like a parallel of a page so like there'd be a page of color and blocking and the way that things are playing out and then on the next page it's completely opposite and dis in the other way and it mirrors each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they were kind of trying to do in last of us. 
is like this kind of like mirror um world these things that are reflecting each other and you're seeing these reflections the stories are different but you're seeing the reflections in them in the certain things that they do like uh showing images of certain things just like what watchman does showing an image of something from ellie's point of or from in ellie's world and then and then in abby's world showing an image that's blocked in the same way like the same things are like in in the same order and stuff like that in a different place but it's just like this mirror of life and And that's interesting they just and that they did a good job of doing that like that is like to me like Watchmen is one of, in my opinion, one of the best like works of literature. Like I will call it literature. Like it's a graphic novel, but it's a piece of literature because it's so meticulously done. And I believe that's what they did with Last of Us. Everything was so meticulously placed and played out and mirror. Like they did all of these mirror things for a reason. You know, like they they meticulously were like, we want to make this look like when they were in the museum with the dinosaur. They wanted to make the dinosaur look like the giraffe of last of us one like they're they're doing things for a purpose you know like everything i I feel like most of that game isn't like what they did was there's a purpose behind it and it like i don't know it it's just like like i said a mirror of of each other there's another uh cool thing about the mirror aspect is um in last of us they have you look at uh the ferris wheel in both abby's eyes and through ellie's eyes and ellie's looking at it more of as like this place that from a point of hate and like this is the place i need to go to find abby whatever and abby's looking at it as a place of it's uh, like her safe haven a safe haven type of place. it's like where they which w- i thought yeah no that was great yeah, which I thought was great, and that's something that you can only do with these dual narrative type stories um, or multi narrative type stories. You get to see the same setting. That's one of these things that it can do is you can see the same setting from different points of view, um, which I think is is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and I think that sets it apart from. I mean, I haven't seen every movie. There's other movies and stuff that use. Uh, dual narratives and parallel narratives and stuff and I haven't seen them all so there might be other things that have done it similar but I've never seen anything that's like done what Last of Us has done on on the level that they did it um, no I, I before we uh, did this podcast uh, today I was really trying to think of a movie that did this like even similar like we mentioned i mentioned pulp fiction but that that's just multi-narrative by name if you really think about it it's not in any real full way similar to how last of us does the dual narrative no or uh the parallel narrative um there are i I know I've seen, I think, TV shows that have done it, um, but 
I can't think of ones that have done it like extremely well, like a drama um, that that does it. But I I know that there there's moments where you like I've seen it in comedies like Malcolm in the Middle does it. But I mean, that's just a it's like a jokey thing where they go from one moment and they um, they rewind it and they show you it in someone else's point of view um that that was the most like uh last of us that i could think of is is hitting a moment and rewinding to a different uh person's point of view like they did in the one uh malcolm in the middle episode i know that there's other things that do it but i just can't think of them and and what that means is whatever i've watched that did do it wasn't that powerful anyway (laughs) and last of us will forever in my head be like one of the best uses of uh of parallel narrative yeah until i see something that breaks it obviously yeah yeah a a movie that did uh pretty good uh with it was is uh trick-or-treat and i mean that's more Mm. of a light-hearted like comedy horror film but they do a good job of like in each segment something is happening in the background that you'll now that you'll see in another segment, you know? So like this, you see in the background, Mm -hmm. some things happening and then, um, and they all, the stories do all intertwine because, because of that, you know? So it's like someone walks this through here and now like they're part of this other story, you know, type of thing. Um, and I think they did a really, like, it's a really good horror comedy movie. Like, just very well done, especially... Oh, it's a comedy? Yeah. It's it, a horror No, movie. it's horror. It's horror, but it's, like, jokey, you know, like... Oh. It, like, it's not, like, super-duper scary or anything, you know? It's more of, like, a... It's more of, like, a light-hearted, jokey comedy. Or jokey horror movie. Where like <laughs> scary that. things happen, but like there's like it's a lot. It's like pretty tongue in cheek, you know. Um, mm. It's like self aware of what it's doing is like funny. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely recommend that movie if you haven't seen it, and definitely you know, uh, yeah, it's good. It's trick or treat, so it's during Halloween, so it's a good Halloween movie. But it's just a good movie in general. Um, it's a little, it's a little indie flick, so it's kind of low budget, but I think they did pretty well on what they had. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll definitely have to watch it. I've heard that's pretty good. Yeah, you should. Um, I think you'll like it. It it is good. Um, I know that movies with like time travel also do stuff like that, but I, it's only okay. Like I know Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban has that um where they they uh show like rocks being thrown people getting hit by a rock and then later on you'll you'll know oh wow it was actually harry potter throwing the rock at himself yeah um which is similar but i don't think it has nearly the same effect um as other parallel narratives but i I know that that is a, a trope that they use with um time travel yeah i think on i just for me personally i haven't seen anyone do a dual narrative on the level that they did in last of us 2 no Uh, i've just not no i haven't not not, and and definitely not a redemption arc like they did there oh i i think this is probably the best redemption arc 
I've ever seen ever. Like Abby going from hated oh, you hate her. antagonist to, in my opinion, fully redeemed protagonist. Um, yeah, you're was, like root for her in the end. You know, you're like, damn, dude, Ellie, don't do it. You know. Yeah, no, I, in my opinion, I I liked her more than Ellie. So I just yeah. to go from I hate this person and I don't even want to play as her to um, wow, she's like my favorite character in this game is is just amazing. So um, it just shows the depth of writing in the what they put into this game to be able to do that. Like on yeah. that level, like I don't know. I mean, that's just some, that's talent right there to, to be able to, to really kill off one of people's most favorite characters. Like Joel is definitely one of the most favorite gaming characters of all time. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I've, I don't think people could argue that um, no. to, to kill him off and then, redeem the person who killed him <laughs> like that's it's a tall order it's a tall order <laughs> and to do like just on the emotional level that they did everything in, like yeah yeah i definitely definitely made me feel a lot this this game did so yeah i will definitely it's be playing thing. it again at some point yeah definitely but uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, that's it for you me. Have anything else? Cool. Well, we hope you really liked listening to this episode. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. See you later. Thanks for listening.